0: Please open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 22 if you have a copy of God's Word. And by way of reminder, in Exodus chapter 22 verses 16 through the end of the chapter is not a bunch of random laws thrown together for no reason. That All of these laws have to do with God's faithfulness and faithfulness to His covenant people. And what it means to be a covenant person faithful to the Lord. And so we saw that beginning with the marriage relationship, it then moves into our relationship with the Lord having to do with things related to idolatry. And then last week, or rather the week before last, we talked about covenant faithfulness to God and what it looks like to our neighbor. And so faithfulness to take care of the stranger, to take care of the widow, and to take care of the fatherless. And this week we're going to look at verses 25 through 28. So hear the word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 22 beginning in verse 25. If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like a money lender to him. You shall not charge him interest. If you ever take your neighbor's garment as a pledge You shall return it to him before the sun goes down, for that is his only covering. It is his garment for his skin. What will he sleep in? And it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear, for I am gracious. You shall not revile God, nor curse a ruler of your people. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever." A couple of weeks ago I told you about an error that the church has suffered from, but I think it bears repeating. In the 19th century, the Christian church suffered from encroaching liberalism, which taught what is commonly called a social gospel. And what a social gospel does is exchanges the person and work of Christ as the only means of salvation for our sins for social work or for social help, caring for the poor, Caring for those in need. That is not the gospel. The gospel is the person and work of Christ, not our own work. However, on the other hand, there is another error which says that because the gospel is what it is, the church should have have nothing at all to do with caring for those in need, caring for the stranger, the widow, the orphan, the poor. But that's not true either. That The Bible does teach that the appropriate response to the gospel is Caring for those who are in need. And then there is yet another error in our culture. Not just uh, a, a social gospel and not just the other end of the spectrum, which is not caring at all about the poor, how the church should have nothing to do with that. Well, having to do with our text here, with leaders, there is the philosophy of Marxism, which teaches that the rich or rulers, depending on what branch of Marxism you participate in, all of those are evil as well. And the Bible would have us believe none of those things, that as a faithful member of God's covenant, this includes taking care of the poor, and it also includes of taking care of our rulers and our judges, those who are over us in a social context, as the civil magistrates are over us. So what we're going to look at today is both ends of the spectrum. As a faithful member of God's covenant, what does it look like to take care of those that are in need, and what does it look like to take care of our leaders as well? God cares about everyone in between, and he tells us in his word how we are to live as his people and respond to both of those ends of the spectrum. So let's start by looking at the poor in verse 25. And one of the things that we think of when we talk about the poor, what we tend to think of is giving a gift, uh, typically in the form of some monetary form, where we give someone a monetary gift if they are in need. But the Bible usually, when it's talking about helping the poor, it usually comes in different forms. And the way that we see here is by lending. Verse 25, if you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you. The book of Proverbs is filled with verses having to do with helping the poor. And I want to read to you one of those in Proverbs 19, 17. It says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. He's talking about lending, not just merely giving a gift, but lending or a loan. And he will pay back, that he that is the Lord will pay back what he has given. You see, one of the ways that we can help the poor is not merely by giving a gift or simply giving them money outright, but it is by lending or giving something in the form of a loan. Now, one of the things that I think is assumed here based on various passages in the Bible is that when someone comes to you with a need and they are asking for a loan for you to lend them money so that, uh, so that they, their needs can be met, I think that what is assumed here is that they're not in a state of poverty because of their own sin or foolishness. What I mean by that is if someone comes to you and they've blown all their money on drugs or blown all their money on alcohol or, or something like that, you are not obligated by God to give that person a loan because the reason for their poverty is not something that is sheerly, strictly in God's providence in uncontrollable circumstances, according humanly speaking, but because of their sin. So I think we have to remember, look at the context. This is coming right after Scripture dealing with those who would have been the most likely to suffer from poverty in a society. The stranger, the widow, and the fatherless. This doesn't just mean that if someone blows all their money that you're obligated by God to give what you've worked for so that someone else can spend it on their foolishness. In fact, we see this in the New Testament as well. That if any man is not uh, working... Uh, if he is not working for his family then he may not eat either and so there are various scriptures having to do with this requirement so this is i think assumed here but we could go to other places that tell us this reality now one of the things i want to point out about this loan is in verse 25 that it's supposed to be interest free you shall not you shall not be like a money lender to him you shall not charge him interest now this doesn't mean that all interest is bad. It doesn't mean that if someone wants to seek a commercial loan or some, some other type of loan that it's bad for the, loan, uh, the, one, uh, the loaner to charge interest. Uh, there are some who have looked at this text and tried to argue that charging any amount of interest for a loan is a sin, and that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about a very specific type of loan that if someone is destitute and has a real and immediate need, that you are not to exploit that person's poverty to try and and use that to gain your own wealth. And so you're not permitted to charge interest in that loan if someone has a real need. If you have your Bible, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 15, because I want to point out a couple of other errors that the Lord points out with respect to helping those in need. God knows the struggles of our hearts, and He knows the sins that we're going to commit, both if we're poor and both if we're wealthy. Uh, In in both perspectives, uh, everyone struggles with sin, everyone struggles with temptation, whether you're poor or whether you're wealthy, and everywhere in between. And so, not just wanting to exploit them for their poverty, but there are other sins that God warns us against as well, And in Deuteronomy chapter 15, God has been talking about the year of release. I know it's been a month or so since we've talked about this. Every seven years, debts would have been canceled. But just keep that in your mind. That's what Moses has been talking about here in Deuteronomy chapter 15, that every seven years, the debts were to be canceled. And so listen to what God says, preparing us, knowing that there are going to be certain sins with which we're going to struggle, having to do with generosity. Look at Deuteronomy 15 verse 7. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need whatever he needs. Remember, lending, helping him. Verse 9. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which your hand, uh, you put your hand. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, and your needy in your land. Now there are two things I think the Lord is warning us against here. The first one is self-preservation, or selfishness, thinking that, you know, in about 10 months, the year of release is going to be at hand, and I know that I'm not going to get back what, what I loan out to this person who is poor, and so God knows that in our stingy hearts, we're not going to want to lend because we know we're not going to get back what's owed to us. And God says, you must, even in that circumstance, lend to your brother who is truly in need. And so he warns us against the sin of selfishness, or we might say self-preservation. God says, I will protect you. I will take care of you. He tells them, even when that happens, you shall surely give. And he tells them, I will bless you. It says, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand so that even if you're not going to get back what is owed to you, the Lord will bless you and he will take care of you. So we need to guard against the sin of selfishness or self-preservation. But there's another error that we need to guard against, and that is sentimentality. Let me tell you about someone that I heard about. There was a very wealthy business owner that I heard about when I was in college. And he had a habit of giving away lots of his money. He was uh, one story I heard about him. He was driving through a country town, and he saw a run-down church building, and so he pulled over on the side of the road and he called his secretary and he said, "Hey, I want you to write a check for forty thousand dollars and send it to First Presbyterian Church of wherever in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, or wherever it was." However. This man had a policy or a principle, I should say, by which he lived. And that is that if anyone came to him asking for help, he would not help them. This man very able to give, and in some cases we might think of him as generous. However, if a single mother, destitute, really needed help and came asking for help, he would not give help to them. Because he said unless God leads him or he feels called of God to help this person, that he would not give to that person in need. And God says here, he commands us that if somebody comes to you in need and you can help them, you are obligated by God to to lend help to that person. So we need to avoid... All sorts of things like this exist in the, Christian, in the Christian church where there's some sort of sentimentality where I feel led of God or called of God to do X, Y, Z or whatever. Guys, if God tells us do this, help this person, it doesn't matter what you feel or what you think about the matter. Obey the Lord and He will bless you. So we need to avoid self-preservation on the one hand and we need to avoid sentimentality on the other and then, of course, from uh, chapter 22 back in Exodus, we need to avoid uh, exploiting those that are in need as well. Now, the next thing that he talks about in verse 26 is a pledge or some sort of collateral. This pledge is allowed, but it's not something that's required in a loan. He says, if you ever take your neighbor's garment as a pledge. doesn't I don't think there's anything textually that would indicate there's some sort of requirement for a pledge, but that if you take your neighbor's outer garment, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. So that if this is the case, when you take collateral and it's something that they need, I think we take this general principle, it's something that they need to take care of themselves, then it's the responsibility of the loaner, not the loanee, it's the responsible of the one giving the loan to take that pledge back to that person at the end of the day so that they can have what they need. And the reason for this is obvious from the text in verse 27 that is his only covering it is his garment for his skin what will he sleep in so in a desert context or climate remember it's very hot during the day but usually it would get very cold at night